All right. Hey, good morning. Uh, happy Thursday. We're near the end of the week and I uh, hope you guys are all doing well. I am uh, thoroughly enjoying my time away and my trip with my mom uh, here in southern Illinois. And uh, so I am I am recording this from my attic bedroom that I uh, have been able to use while I've been here. And uh, so that's been, it's been great. Um, it's only going to be like 75 and sunny here today. And uh, so just absolute perfection. Uh, we're going to roll out to uh, my aunt and uncle's farm and hang out out there. And uh, so that'll be, that'll be wonderful time as well. A lot of laughter, a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, yeah. I hope you guys are doing really well. I hope your week has gone gone well and uh so let's get into it shall we we move on to james chapter 2 this week uh james chapter 2 and uh we are in verses 1 through 13 and uh so we are we are just pushing pushing forward uh before we dive in just want to reiterate again how uh, absolutely grateful I am for all of you and uh, just can't thank you enough for how well you lead and how you uh, care for our community and uh, so thank you. All right, James chapter 2, starting verse 1. It says, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes uh, into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the, lo- of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of, of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law of, as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, You shall not commit adultery, also said, You shall not murder. If you do not commit murder, if you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is God's word. Um, so I think our fallen condition focus this week uh, uh would be, you know, that we believe that we can judge for God. And uh, the reality is, uh, is that God alone is judge and he extends mercy. And a part of the issue with us is when we, when we judge, uh, we don't extend mercy. Uh, The, the thought that came into my head as I was studying and preparing this uh, was the movie Clueless. 
uh, where you have this rich girl who kind of takes this poor girl under her wing and, you know, tries to make her cool or whatever. And, you know, as she, as she goes through this process, she realizes that, uh, that the poor girl really didn't need her and that a real and honest sense of self is way better uh, than the fake, the fake stuff uh, that was going on in her community. She went, so she went kind of from this, I'm judging her and I'm going to try to fix her to, you know, this, this realization that, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to put on the show and judging others is, uh, is really problematic and uh, so just a just a goofy movie uh but it was the the image that ran in ran in my head and you know the big idea message big idea here i think is you know we're clueless clueless you are so clueless when you think when we think that we can stand in the place of god and judge others on his behalf so you know that's i think that's kind of the the heart of what's going on here. Uh, now, before we dive in, uh, check out uh, Deuteronomy 10, 14 through 22, and Leviticus 19, 15 through 18. Uh, these passages provide uh, some really important information for understanding where James is coming from. He's not writing in a vacuum, right? James is not writing uh, just out of thin air. He is being informed by his scriptures and his scriptures were the first testament, right? They were they were the Old Testament, um, the Hebrew scriptures, and so he's writing from a context where these these issues have been critical to the life of the people of God, and these issues are are trying to understand righteousness and uh, what does it look like uh, to pursue God's righteousness. And this connects back to the previous passage, so, uh, so this is this is what James is is dealing with. Uh, in the first century, issues of class were primary when it came when it comes to favoritism. That's why he doesn't tap into ethnos, you know, race, ethnicity, that kind of thing. Um, but the thing I want you to notice is that favoritism is a symptom, not the root cause. The root cause is a lack of self-understanding. The root issue is pride, right? And, the, and, and remember, that's how biblical pride is defined. It is defined as an un, an, the wrong understanding of ourselves before God. Pride is the wrong understanding of ourselves before God. And so the root issue of this is pride. We show favoritism. Because we have a wrong understanding of ourselves. We think that we can stand in God's place and judge others. We believe that we somehow deserve mercy, but those people over there do not deserve mercy. This is what happens when we start judging in God's place. We judge others and not those who we consider to be our people, or even worse, the people we want to be our people. Right? So we bring in... A rich person comes in, say, ah, we want to be those people, so we're going to give them pride of place, and hopefully they will include us in their community, not those poor people, not those people, not those low-class people. Boy, we don't want to be around them. And 
Uh, and so that's why this passage, I think, reads like a bad teen coming-of-age movie, you know, like Clueless. So, in verse 1, James addresses the symptom. He gives an imperative, a command. Do not show favoritism. Then in verses 2 through 4, he gives an illustration. This would be, have been common practice in their communities, right? The, the illustration here, the story of giving the wealthy person a pride of place. This would have been totally, totally common. Sitting up front, um, sitting at the head of the table, those, those spaces were reserved for the wealthy, for the rich, for the powerful. And, uh, and so here you have this rich man coming into their community, coming into their meeting, into the synagogue. And, uh, you know, and they, they welcome him and they seat him in this, in this pride of place so that everybody can see that the rich, the powerful person is here. Um, and then the person who shows up in rags, James says, you put at the, you put at the footstool, you put at, the feet, at our feet, you have them sit on the ground. And you have to remember, in the Middle East... Uh, even to this day, the bottom of the foot is 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 something. It's it's akin to the middle finger in our society, right? So I don't know if you remember a number of years ago when President uh, Bush was in uh, was in the Middle East and a reporter threw a shoe at him. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't doing that to cause harm. He threw his shoe because that is a way for him to to, to flip him off to to show great disrespect. When I was in Israel. Um, you know, we, we stopped, uh, we stopped at a, at a restaurant to eat and our tour guide said, you know, you're going to be tempted to put your feet up on, uh, you know, on a, on a table, on a stool to cross your legs, something along those lines. He says, please don't do that. That is a sign of great disrespect to show the bottom of your foot to our hosts. So, you know, please sit with your feet on the ground. Please, you know, if you do cross your legs, you know, basically cross them like a lady, you know, uh, so that your knees, your knees are closed so that your foot hangs down. Um, if you sit on the floor, you know, sit, you know, cross-legged uh, again so that your feet uh, don't, the bottoms of your feet don't show up to the servers, uh, that kind of thing. So it was... Um, so for for them to sit the poor person at the footstool or at the feet at their feet was was incredibly uh disrespectful um, now the word here in this pass in this in this section two through four that's translated discriminated uh could also be translated as divisions or separations so he's arguing that by showing favoritism they're dividing the body of Christ uh, where there should be unity there is disunity why because they have placed themselves in a position where they don't belong. That is the role of judge. God alone judges. The evil here is that they have placed themselves in God's place as judges. They are usurping God, which is exactly the same thing that Adam and Eve did back in the garden, right? They were, when they ate of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, they were usurping God. They were dis to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil was not just to know what's right and wrong but it's also to determine what is right and wrong. Uh, so James continues here in verses 5 through 7. He argues for the high position in God's economy for the poor. He is recalling Jesus' teaching about the poor in spirit from Matthew 5. 
But also remember back to our earlier conversation about uh, how James has used the word poor. I just saw a typo in my notes. Uh, uh, so how he has used the word poor, uh, and that's broader than folks who are without material wealth, right? But folks who find themselves on the outside of the Roman and Jewish power structures. The rich here are those who have power. They are the very people, James argues, that are persecuting the Christian. You know, he says, why would you give them a position of honor? The powerful are blaspheming the noble name uh, of him to whom you belong. So what he's saying is the people are the people who are who are persecuting you, who are oppressing you, the people who are at the center of power, um, why, why would you give them a place of honor, right? The, the place of honor should go to the, the people like you, you know, in a sense, uh, the people like you, the, the, the poor in spirit, that, because they are the ones uh, that are honored in the kingdom of God, the, the ones who are on the fridges, the ones who are on the outside. Um, and, and remember back to what he said is, when you really identify, when you really um, embrace your union with Christ, you are going to end up on the outside of the power structures. Isn't the same true today? Uh, you know, how much trouble, how much trouble is the church in as a result, as a result of, of, of the church scrambling for positions of power? Man, we are to be on the outside of those power structures because our kingdom is not of this world. Our kingdom is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And so we need to be about those things. And if we're going to be about those things united with Christ in this world, then we are going to be on the outside of those power structures. And he says it doesn't make any sense to give the powerful seats of honor because all they're doing is turning around and hauling you into court and persecuting you and oppressing you. It doesn't make any sense. So uh, that's, a, that's a scathing critique of the rich, but it's also a direct challenge to the desire of the leaders of those congregations who want a seat at the table. He's saying you're selling out. Um, so, you know, then you get into uh, verses 8 through 11 here, where basically James says, hey, great job that you're trying to love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> that's awesome. You do well to do this, right? That kind of uh, echoing Jesus and his his conversation with uh, you know with the the teacher of the law from Luke chapter ten, and uh, he says, "Hey, yeah, you, you do you do well remembering these things and, and trying trying to do it, but but who's your neighbor?" And the teacher of the law, you know, kind of kind of fails, um, and. Uh, and so, and so James says, hey, but don't think, don't think that by loving your neighbor as yourself, you're above the law. He argues here that by breaking the law in one place, you become a lawbreaker and therefore break all of it. And uh, he says, so you do good by living out the royal law of love your neighbor. But that doesn't mean that you're not in need of mercy. Because you are just as guilty for showing favoritism as though you hadn't kept any of the law at all. So this, this should shock our sensibilities a little bit. Verse 10 ought to punch us in the face. Who among us have kept everything in the law? None of us. None of us have. We have all failed at some, at some way in keeping the law, even if we do pretty good most of the time. 
but Jesus has. Jesus alone has has kept the law perfectly. And because of that, we need mercy. Um, And so he progresses then into 12 and 13, and we kind of come to the end, right? Uh, He brings us full circle. Have a right understanding of yourself. Be humble. You need mercy as much as anyone else. Do you want mercy? Extend it. Otherwise, you're not going to experience it either. It's kind of this law of the universe. What you put out, you get back. You put out mercy, you're going to receive mercy. Understand yourself as one who needs mercy. Understand yourself as, you know, in the reality of, but by the grace of God go I. This says, you know, we, we, have, to, we have to remember that reality. We have to remember the fact that, that we are no better than anybody else. And that those people over there are no better than anybody else. Um, now, you know, as, as you think through teaching this or having this conversation, I think it's very easy for us to say, you know, to kind of get on the bandwagon of rich versus poor, right? And, and, and kind of seeing this. And, uh, because, you know, rich folks, uh, by and large, take a pretty good beating in, in our culture, right? Nobody likes rich people. Um, everybody feels like rich people are, are screwing over the little guy. And, you know, you all know that's not true. Um, you know, rich, there are some really good rich people and there are some really lousy poor people. Um, classism, uh, is, is weird in our, in our society, but you know, race, race is a very real, uh, issue in our culture. How, you know, maybe even think through. Like maybe, maybe this might be a really good exercise. Um, and if I were, if I were leading this weekend, I might do this is, is ask the folks, you know, if you were writing this for James, who would you place, who would you place, uh, in the, in the, in this critique of favoritism, right? Um, who would you place it? Who would you put in there? Who do you think who do you, if James were writing today, who do you think he would put in there now? Would it still be rich, poor, uh, or would it be, you know, something else? You know, would it be black, white? Would it be um, Republican, Democrat? What what would be the what would be the thing that uh, that he would that he would drop in there today? Uh, and it, it might be a fun exercise to have, you know, to, to have some fo- have folks think through that and talk through that and and try to you know, maybe try to, try to hit it home a little bit. Right. Um, and so I think, I think the, the walk away question this week is, um, is, is probably, is, is probably just that. Who, who do you show favoritism to? Who do you always give the benefit of the doubt to? Who do you, who do you kind of, uh, scramble, you know, scramble for, or, or, you know, we, we talked a number of uh, months ago about good, bad split, right? Who do you, who do you always split good on and, and who do you always split bad on and trying to identify some of those things in our, in our hearts and our lives, try to identify those ways in which we, we step into the place of God and judge. Um, and, uh, and that, that could be a very sobering thing for us. 
and, and a great reminder that we need mercy. And so do they. And if we want to experience it, we got to put it out there. Right? All right. Um, I think that's, that's all I got for you guys this week. Uh, you know, as always, please let me know if there's something that should be in, uh, in these podcasts that I'm missing. Uh, that would be really helpful for you. Please let me know. Um, in the folder, this is called Clueless, James 2, 1 through 13. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this is helpful for you. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see y'all when I get back. I will be back, uh, in town sometime on the 29th and, uh, you know, until then guys, uh, love well.